Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. Have we gotten to this point where people wake up every morning looking for something to be offended about? I live in this place called the real world, and I understand what is going to happen. Her story is, I was trying to scare him away. At the same time, she shot him point blank in the face. Okay, that's not exactly a warning shot. The Accurate Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 414-799-1620. Coming up next, Squirrel. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome. All right, in just about 30 seconds, it looks like the drill team, the drum team from Reagan High School, which is positioned, oh, I'd say about 10 feet in front of where I'm broadcasting from, think they're going to start banging on the drums. We'll see how soundproof our broadcast facility is. If you haven't figured this out yet, we are on the road. This is part of our continuing Kids to Kids Christmas campaign. As WTMJ proudly presents Capco's Kids to Kids Christmas Toy Drive. Okay, back at the studio. Are we on the air? Okay, we're on the air. That's we're just letting the sound play and play and play. Okay, we let the song go. All right, we are on the road, proudly presenting Kids to Kids Christmas Toy Drive. Today's toy collection stop at VMP Healthcare and Community Living. We are at the Village at Manor Park, and they really do things great. There is a winter wonderland that's set up. There are dozens of volunteers that are there. There's a circular drive right in front of VMP where people drop off toys, and we've got people. I mean, the cars are just coming in right now. We have all sorts of activities that are going to be going on during the course of the day. And of course, the entire reason we do this is to, again, get donations of toys for the Kids to Kids Christmas campaign. I'm going to be here till 3 o'clock today. Then we'll have Wisconsin's Afternoon News here from 3 until 6. VMP Healthcare is on South 84th Street in West Allis. We encourage you to stop by, drop off toys, or, you know, we'll take cash as well looking at one of the volunteers right now in front of me who's just hauling out bags and bags of toys. Quite an event going on. We've got hot dogs. We've got hot chocolate. We've got bouncy houses. We've got all sorts of great stuff that's going on. So this is a big part of the ongoing campaign. We always love being here. And if you can maybe hear in the background, our mobile broadcast facility is rocking because we've got a drum team right in front as the show starts off. All right. I also want to say an extremely special thank you to the, well, 400-plus of you who came down to the Italian Community Center last night for our fifth annual holiday radio show. I know I speak for all of us who were involved in putting on the show. We we appreciate you coming out. We had a very good time doing it. It was something a little bit different this year than in previous years. The last four years we had done radio plays. This year was more of a variety type of show thing. And, you know, I, I think we, we got a lot of positive feedback from it. And, again, we appreciate everybody coming out. The proceeds, at least a portion of the proceeds from all the ticket sales, went once again to, again, Capco and the Kids to Kids Christmas campaign. It's all about the children. All right, we have a lot of ground to cover on today's show, as we typically do on Fridays. We're going to have some serious topics, and then we're going to have some lighter topics as the afternoon moves on. Also, Something special for the for the next 12 days. We'll be talking a little bit more about this later. But if you are a golfer, you want to be listening to the show because today we are launching the 12 days of Sticksmas. Sticks is a um, golf 
simulator facility that's out in Germantown. Um, actually, the two young men that run it are, are friends of my wife, and we know the family. And um, they, they've been in business for about a year and a half now. It's actually tremendous. I go there quite a bit. I play in there. I'm going to be playing in their golf league next January. There's six simulators. And what we're going to be doing over the next 12 broadcast days is one caller, completely in my discretion, is going to win a $25 gift certificate to Sticks Golf. And then we have a grand prize winner um, later on in the in the event on the last day. But uh, keep listening. Completely in my discretion, we're going to pick one caller and we're going to give them $25 gift certificate each day. Okay, let's get started. Today, the Supreme Court is going to be meeting, U.S. Supreme Court is going to be meeting in closed session. And they are going to decide whether or not they are going to hear a particular case. The way the U.S. Supreme Court works is they decide whether they want to hear cases or not. They don't have to take cases. And a lot of times what ends up happening is the court will make a decision and they'll say, you know, we, we're not interested in this case or we don't think that there's a real controversy or the law is settled. All right. On other cases, they'll say, well, we, we want to hear this because we think the issue needs to be resolved. This is a case that has a lot of potential impact for Milwaukee, for Wisconsin and for states all across the country. We all know that there is a huge problem with home homelessness. And in Milwaukee, we saw it with the tent city. You saw people who had just essentially decided to camp out under a freeway overpass and live there. And for whatever reason around here, authorities allowed them to do that for month after month after month and finally decided, let's move the people out. But this is a huge issue because, for example, as we talked about yesterday, we've got the Democratic National Convention coming next July. What happens if in March or in April, a number of the people who were living in tents, you know, under the freeway, decide that they want to come back? Are we going to allow them to do that? How does this all play out? Well, in other states, particularly on the West Coast, and in some of the other warm weather cities, that the whole issue of homelessness and people camping out on public places and in public locations has really reached an epidemic proportion. You go to San Francisco, and what you're going to find is it's almost impossible to walk down sidewalks because you have people just sleeping wherever they want. You have aggressive panhandling. You have people pushing shopping carts who are then just sleeping in front of stores and things like that, making it almost impossible for people to get into the stores. So here's the deal. Boise, Idaho. Boise, Idaho, of all places, passed an ordinance that said it would be a misdemeanor, it would be against the law, to camp or sleep on sidewalks, parks, or other places without permission. In other words, you can't just flop on the street. You can't just go into a park and decide to pitch a tent and sleep there unless you had permission. These ordinances are common in many cities and towns. In Wisconsin, for example, you have a statute which prevents um, camping in the parks. You know, in, you know, you're not allowed to do that. So anyhow, you had advocates for the homeless who challenged this ordinance in Boise. They said, you are criminalizing homelessness. You should not be allowed to do this because if people don't have anywhere else to go, what you need to do is you need to find them a place to go or else you need to leave them sleep on these streets. And what the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, which is the the kind of ultra-liberal, 
liberal court of appeals that hears appeals from states on the West Coast, they came down with an opinion last September that said, yeah, we, we think that you are criminalizing homelessness, and that is improper. And they said that an ordinance is, this ordinance is unconstitutional. You can't prohibit people from sleeping on the sidewalks or in parks, etc., unless you can prove that they have some, they don't have anywhere else to go. You know, unless you can prove that there's no shelter space or things of the like. Well, this becomes really quite an issue because, for example, in Los Angeles, they estimate that there's tens of thousands of people who camp out on the streets. There's no way the city of Los Angeles could prove that they have enough shelter space for these people. Maybe they do, maybe they don't, but they'd never be able to prove it. So as a result of this Ninth Circuit decision, laws saying you can't flop on the sidewalks, laws saying you can't sleep in parks if you want to, um, those have all been ruled unconstitutional. The Supreme Court today is going to meet in closed session to decide whether they're going to take an appeal. And I want to discuss this with you. Our number, 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage talk and text line. I don't think you have an absolute right to sleep under a freeway overpass or to sleep on the sidewalk or to sleep in a public park. I think the taxpayers, I think the governments, have a right to orderly administration and control of their property, and I think they have a right to say, no, you don't have a right to just lay down on a sidewalk and sleep. You don't have a right to just go into an alley and sleep there. You don't have a right to walk into Cathedral Square Park and decide, I'm going to pitch a tent and I'm going to stay here. But this Ninth Circuit ruling would say, well, maybe you do. 414-799-1620, that is the Acunet word mortgage talk and text line let's tee this up supreme court's going to be deciding whether to take this case the question is do you or does a person have an absolute right to sleep anywhere they want in a public place my answer would be no 414-799-1620 that's the accurate mortgage talk and text line we're back to discuss in just a moment if you're on the line please hold on you're listening to jeff wagner on wtmj Welcome back. Glad I did not have too much to drink after last night's broadcast because we're out on the road. If you hear some noise in the background, we're at VMP Healthcare, and we've been listening to, um, over the last 20 minutes or so, the Reagan High School drum team, which is positioned right in front of me, and they've been rocking it out. We've got all sorts of stuff going on as we're on the road for Kids to Kids Christmas. Let's start with Bill on the south side. Bill, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hey, thanks for taking the call. Uh, Hi, Bill. Different perspective. Uh, I work, um, I'll just say I work for the government, uh, and I work okay. close to that area that was Tent City. That, that by the way, still is Tent City. Um, mm-hmm. To tell that people have moved, yes, some have moved, and there are new people have moved in, too, also, uh, recently. Um, you know, to work in that environment, uh, for anybody to imagine that they have to do their work in that environment, being, you know, maintenance of anything, um, it's just unbelievable. Um, that's one aspect. Mm-hmm. And the other is just the common, you know, decency of, oh, you know, having to deal with that on a daily basis um, becomes tiring. Um, it it is. Yeah, Bill, it is. Uh, Bill, thanks for the call. I mean, no, it, it's, it's, look, it's a quality of life 
issue. And and again, there, there is an issue in Milwaukee with, with the whole concept of, of the tent city and people who are still there. But but if you look at, like, again, in some of these other cities, what we had going on in Milwaukee was nothing compared to what they have on the streets of San Francisco or, you know, Los Angeles or San Diego. I mean, it's just an out-of-control situation. And you have a balancing act that's there. I get it. On the one hand, you say, well, okay, we don't want to be cruel to people. You don't want to criminalize the fact that people don't have anywhere to go. But at the same time, there are quality of life issues. And I, mean, I think you touch on that, Bill, the, the idea that what, what about everybody else that's in the surroundings of the community? You know, what about the people that are working in those various areas? Plus, I continue to maintain that you're not doing the homeless a favor, just allowing them to flop on, on the streets. Now, look, I don't know what the answer is. I mean, obviously, the goal is to find places for people to go. But an alternative shouldn't just be, hey, all right, we're just going to let you sleep in doorways or something. And I think the Ninth Circuit got it completely and totally wrong. I'm hoping the Supreme Court takes the case, because if they end up taking the case, I have no doubt that they're going to overturn this ruling. And why this is a big deal, like I say, this law, the ruling, the court ruling right now only applies to you know the states that are in the Ninth Circuit, which are in the West Coast. But the same arguments that were made out there could be made here and do we really want a situation where we say okay you want to go into a public park in the city of milwaukee you want to go into a milwaukee county park or whatever and you want to just start living there that you're going to have an absolute right to do it i don't think that's a quality of life issue that most people would agree with lewis on the south side lewis you're on wtmj good afternoon Hey, Jeff, I agree with you wholeheartedly on this issue. Um, they, they can't just flop wherever they want. We uh, pay a lot of taxes because we do care about our, our, our neighbors and our fellow citizens. And um, it's up to us to put the effort in uh, to helping these people. And just passing laws that allow them to do whatever they want is not caring, is not helping them. Well, well, right. And, and this idea, and look, I mean, I, I, a lot of times when you make this argument, people say, oh, Lewis, you're cruel. Jeff, you're cruel. Don't you, you know, how, how can you be so heartless for people? And, and it's not that it's all, at all. It's just you have a public interest in not allowing, for example, homeless encampments where there's no sanitation and there's violence and there's drugs. That's not good for anybody. Why in the world would we encourage it or permit it? That's really well said. I can't improve on that. I agree with you. Yeah. Good enough. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Um, you, you know, let's see, Jeff, you've also got to deal with the nomadic van life RV movement. Some of the people are homeless, living in their cars, vans, etc. Others are simply traveling cheaply across the country by parking overnight, etc., etc. I, look, I, I, I understand that you, you have these issues and people living in their cars. Matter of fact, I've got a related topic that we're going to talk about a little bit later on about that. But at this, look, you just can't allow people to flop on city streets. It is a quality quality of life issue and I think the public has a right to say no. And I guess I'm a little bit disturbed by the first call we got where in, in the, the public word is, hey, Tent City is gone. There, there's one or two stragglers that are there. I wonder how many people is Tent City really gone? Uh, Jeff, here's a text. Hawaii has a huge homeless problem as well. Anywhere we have good weather, we have vagrants 
setting up camp wherever they wish. That being said, for the richest country on earth, we do a poor job of taking care of our poor. That, of course, is a completely different story, and, and I understand, and that's a conversation for another day. But if the question becomes, does that mean that we have to permit people to just flop anywhere they want, whenever they want, my answer would be absolutely no. Back with more in just a moment. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Welcome back. Once again, we're broadcasting live from VMP Healthcare and Community Living on South 84th Street in West Dallas. It's part of the Capco Kids to Kids Christmas Toy Drive. Our collection stop. I'll be here till three. John McCure will be here until six thirty. Our goal is this year we, we we're hoping to get twenty five to thirty thousand toys. Last year we had twenty six thousand four hundred toys, and a number of people keep pulling into the circular drive. We've got all sorts of things. We've got rides that are going on. We've got a winter wonderland. Cars pulling up. We've got volunteers that'll come help you get your toys out of the car. Um, we also take cash. That's the thing. And then what we do the royal we is we go out and we purchase you know gifts and we purchase toys and ultimately they all end up getting distributed to needy children to make their holiday to make their christmas season just a little bit brighter all right the the tragic news this week has involved two school shootings first situation of course happened in waukesha you had the deal where you had a kid who brought they turned out to be pellet guns, but nobody knew that. Pellet guns got into a confrontation with a school resource officer. number of other officers responded, and ultimately the kid with the pellet guns ended up getting shot by the police officer. That was in Waukesha. The following day, you had a situation in Oshkosh where you had a confrontation between a school resource officer and a kid who had brought what they are describing as an edged weapon, whatever that might be, um, to school. Ultimately, the kid, the student, stabbed the school resource officer. And these are sworn police officers. And the sworn police officer shot the kid. All right. So you have these two instances. But I think the general thing that's happened this week is it's called attention to the presence of school resource officers on on school scenes and the ability of those school resource officers to uh, again stymie threats before they get worse you know we had a couple conversations this week about how you know think how how bad some situation could be if you don't have a sworn police officer in a position to be able to intervene quickly. Now, in both of the cases, both in Waukesha and Oshkosh, in fairness, once once the 911 call came in, the police response was overwhelming uh, in Waukesha. I think the call went in at, at 9 12 and the police were on the scene at 9:14. So there was a huge there was a quick response and I think the police deserve credit for that, but it was the school resource officer that triggered that. Similarly in Oshkosh, once police were called, they were on the scene in a hurry and that's a credit. But it doesn't mean you do not need school resource officers. Well, the Journal Sentinel has a piece that that highlights something that I I just mentioned casually. And we were talking about this the other day. There are some school districts around the state that either don't want school resource officers or only have them begrudgingly. For example, in Madison, there was a lengthy debate 
where you had a number of people in Madison who did not want school resource officers. They didn't want armed police on the premises. Two basic reasons. First of all, they didn't trust the police. Secondly, they were concerned that the students, actually three reasons. Secondly, they were concerned that the students might feel that they were in an armed camp if, my goodness gracious, there was a police officer with a gun on the scene. And third, they were concerned that in schools where you have school resource officers, the, the information is, and the statistics are, that there's more students who commit crimes who end up getting referred to authorities for prosecution on those crimes which again on, only makes sense i guess if if you have a school resource officer you a cop on the scene who sees a situation which is a violation of the law they're more likely to refer that kid to juvenile authorities or to adult authorities now i don't know why that's a bad thing but that's the truth so those are all the reasons why they don't like them in Milwaukee, the Milwaukee public school system, they don't have school resource officers. They ended this practice about six years ago. The concern was, as expressed at the time, that they were concerned that children were being unnecessarily <clears throat> referred to the court system for disciplinary matters. They also were concerned that uh, Milwaukee required that officers be assigned to schools in pairs. That's two officers. And that caused disparities in referrals among schools. And some of the, some of the people at MPS became concerned that with two squad cars parked daily in front of certain schools, that fed the public perception that MPS schools were unsafe. Yes, you heard me say that correct. The concern was, gee, if we have squad cars parked outside the school, some people might think that the school is unsafe. Heaven forbid that the actual presence of the officers in the school might tend to make it safer, but we don't want people to think that it's unsafe. Our number, 414-799-1620, that is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Is it time for school systems, including the largest school system in the state, MPS, to re-examine their policy against having police officers in the schools. 414-799-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. To me, this is an absolute, complete, total no-brainer. School resource officers, in my opinion, make the schools safer. Period. To the extent that you have police officers that are in the schools that see crimes being committed by juveniles, and they're in a position to refer them to juvenile authorities or to adult authorities. Who cares? Why is that a bad thing? Isn't that something that we want instead of sweeping illegal criminal behavior under the rug when it's committed in the schools? 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And look, I, I, I hope... I hope that what happened this week was just a complete and total aberration, and we never, ever, ever have to talk about a situation, another school shooting in Wisconsin. I hope that's the case, all right? But I, I don't think that's going to be the case, because as I frequently say, I live in the real world. So if something like that were to happen at MPS, wouldn't the kids be safer 
if there was a school resource officer present. And if the only reason we really don't have them there is because, gee, some people might see police cars parked in front of the buildings and think the school is unsafe, that's a lousy reason. 414-799-1620. We discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 414-799-1620. Mark and McGuanago. Mark, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Afternoon, Jeff. Um, I'm in law enforcement myself, and I am in the schools a lot. I'm not an SRO. And I had school resource officers growing up, and I thought they were always a positive thing for the school as far as curtailing. Hello. Did we lose you there, Mark? All right, we just lost Mark. I'm sorry, 414-799-1620. I think he was going to say it was a, before his cell phone cut out that it was a, a positive impact as, as far as curtailing potentially bad behavior. Sure. See, that that makes eminent sense as well. I mean, think about this in your real life. You're driving down the road. Maybe you are inclined to speed. All right, you see a car, a police car, over to the side of the road. Well, you're not going to speed when you see the police car, right? That's just the reality that's out there. right? Well, the school resource officers, I think, provide a deterrent as well. Why wouldn't we do something like that? Let's talk to Chuck in Manitowoc. Chuck, you're on WTMJ. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Uh, Very well, thank you, sir. The comment I have is, no, first off, is I'm all for the school resource officers. I think they do a great job, and... They're, they are needed, but who's going to pay for it? Right now, the sick, you know, I like I said, I live in Manitowoc, but you always hear on, on your show too about mm-hmm. the budget budget shortfalls for the police department right in Milwaukee. They don't have enough money. They don't have enough police officers. Okay, then you hear okay. that the school systems are are so short on money that they can't provide a lot of the classes that people the kids should need. So, who pays for it? Well, okay. I mean, it's all a question of priorities. When you know, for example, the mayor has made the decision that there's other priorities that are more important than having police officers. I take the position that that's an absurd that that's an absurd policy matter, and that we should be investing more in police officers. And I would say, if we're concerned about school safety, we should be investing more in having those police officers into the school. Now, you're, you're right. That means that that money is going to have to come from somewhere, and it means you're going to have to change around your priorities but i guess i would argue it, it's worth it because this is this is a priority and it's a key when you're talking about school safety okay you know, like i said it's just is it going to be another big tax increase for people down there for them to pay for it or <laughs> well, it, well no fair i mean yeah, fair, no 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 fair, no fair and i see and I, I you you raise you raise a fair question thanks for the call i mean you know because you always do have to decide how are you going to have your spending priorities and how are you going to invest the, the different money that, that you have. And, I mean, right now in the city of Milwaukee, for example, there is a very, in my opinion, dangerous game of chicken going on where you have the mayor and the common council who are trying to essentially leverage the fact that they're willing to play games with public safety and cut 60 police positions. They're trying to do that as a way of trying to pressure the state legislature into letting them have a referendum on whether or not people who live in Milwaukee County want to increase their sales tax. Now, if you're a regular listener to this program, you know that I have argued I think it's a matter of local control. I think people in Milwaukee County should be able to vote on whether or not
not they want to raise the sales tax from 0.5% to 1.5%. They, they should have the right to do it. But my question is, okay, what's plan B? Everybody, starting from the mayor and the common council and the county executive, seem to believe that, hey, if we have this referendum, people are just going to agree to raise their taxes. I'm not sure that that's the case, and I don't think that there's a plan B even if this were to happen, which means maybe you have to change priorities. But the bottom line is the events of this week have demonstrated that school resource officers, sworn officers in the school system, provides, I think, a, a lot of relief to parents, relief to teachers, relief to students, that if something bad happens in a school, there's somebody that's going to be there to respond very, very quickly and very, very appropriately. And the argument that, gee, we don't want them because they might turn in kids who are committing crimes. Okay, I want the kids who are committing crimes turned in. And as far as the idea that, gee, people might think the schools are unsafe if you have a sworn law enforcement officer in them, people who believe that just need to flat out grow up. We're back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. This is Jeff Wagner. So very glad to have you with us. Kids to Kids Christmas. We're on the road. Today's toy collection stop for Capco's Kids to Kids Christmas Toy Drive is VMP Healthcare and Community Living, South 84th Street in West Dallas. A lot of stuff going on here. It's always a pleasure to be here. Hey, if you're a regular listener to this program, you know that I am a, I'm a huge fan of, of movies, and I like all different genres of movies. Yesterday, you had a horrible situation in South Florida, in a neighborhood outside of Miami, in, where, where it really is life-imitating art. One, uh, Quentin Tarantino, who's done a lot of, lot of movies, Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown, one, his very first full-length movie was a movie called Reservoir Dogs. And, and perhaps you've seen it, maybe you haven't. It's, um, a very difficult to watch movie because it's about a, it's about a bunch of criminals. It's about a jewel theft gone wrong that ends up in violent shootouts, etc. It's a very, in my opinion, very, very good movie, but it's, again, very, very violent. And, and it's about, again, these jewel thieves that are going in. They're supposed to knock off this jewelry store. Everything goes bad, and it ends up in this big shootout, etc., etc. All right. Yesterday, I mean, talk about life-imitating art. There, there was a version of Reservoir Dogs that played out on the streets of Coral Gables. And Coral Gables is a, is a suburb kind of, of, of Miami, is kind of how I would describe it. What happened, I guess, at 4 o'clock yesterday afternoon, you had these two guys that go into a, a jewelry store in an upscale shopping area in Coral Gables. What they end up doing is apparently um, somebody triggers the silent alarm, the police respond within a minute and a half. But in that minute and a half, the robbers and the shopkeeper, the guy that owns the store, who apparently had a gun, they get into a gun battle. What happened then is that the, the robbers, they, they flee. They, they run out of the, the building. There's bullets that are flying all over. What they end up doing is they leave in a truck, they soon abandon the truck, and then at gunpoint, they hijack a UPS 
truck driver. So there's a UPS guy that's apparently like getting out of his van or getting into his van. He's delivering packages. These guys come upon him. They carjack him at, at gunpoint. He's making this delivery. Then what happens is they start fleeing in this UPS truck. The police are following. What you have is you have helicopters that I guess are up in the air. They're following this. Again, the truck is trying to get away with the carjackers and the delivery driver who's still in there. Ultimately, what happens is that the truck gets stalled in heavy traffic. And so the police start approaching it. You've got the bad guys that are in the car. They start shooting at the police. The police are, it's gridlock. There's cars all over. You've got this gun battle on the streets, essentially of Coral Gables. And what, what happens is it, it ends badly because both both robbers are killed. The UPS driver is killed in the gun battle. And another person, just a bystander on the street, somebody who's just in, in the way, in the wrong place, place at the wrong time, they get injured as well. Horrible sort of situation from violent criminals. Some people are questioning the police response. It's way too early to do that. But it is eerie how similar what happened yesterday in Coral Gables is to this Quentin Tarantino movie from 20 years ago. When we come back, hey, free college, why not? Stick around. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the program. So very glad to have you with us. Once again, we are on the road. It is part of Capco's Kids to Kids Christmas Toy Drive. Today's toy collection stop, VMP Healthcare and Community Living, South 84th Street in West Allis. And the folks at VMP, they do it right. Um, This is the 14th year for our Kids to Kids Christmas Toy Drive. Last year, last year, thanks to your generosity, 26,400 toys, um, over 25 area high school student leaders are at the helm of this. Toys are dispersed all through southeastern Wisconsin. It's just an absolutely amazing thing, and it's been a real pleasure to see this grow over the years. Um, also, People, like today, we have a whole ton of volunteers who are standing out in the semi-cold weather. We've got a circular drive. People will pull up. They will help you take the toys out of your vehicle. In addition, if you happen to be in the area, while we love to have the toys, we also take donations. We take cash. We take checks. And then some of our volunteers go out and they buy toys. Ultimately, this ends in about a week and a half, two weeks out at Capco, where they have a big thing on Saturday. They take all the toys we've collected, have a big party, and then ultimately after that, all the things, all the toys are rounded up and they're distributed to needy children um, in advance of Christmas to make their holiday season a little bit brighter. It's a wonderful event, and we thank you for all your participation. And like I say, we're out here today collecting toys. We've got one or two more stops as well. But come on out today. We're going to be broadcasting here until 6.30 in the afternoon. All right, there is an interesting debate that is popping up among the Democrat candidates for president. But it raises one of these kind of larger issues. Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, who are to the far left of the Democrat Party, they have been touting proposals that would essentially guarantee free college for anyone who wants them. 
The estimates are that for for what is for what who anybody who wants it. The estimate is that over the next ten years, free college for anybody who wants it would cost the taxpayers about. trillion dollars. And yes, you heard me right when I said free college for anyone who wants it. So we're not talking about, I don't know, somebody who comes from a low-income family. We are talking about that kid, but we're also talking about, I don't know, the kids who, I don't know, their parents are doctors or lawyers or whatever, and they're living in a house that's paid off and it's worth half a million dollars in some suburb. Yes, these proposals would say free tuition for you at a public university as well. So no income limits at all. The mayor of South Bend, Indiana, Pete Buttigieg, Mayor Pete, he's going after Warren and... um, Bernie Sanders. He's saying, look, these. I'm all in favor of free college, but to me, it doesn't make any sense that we have free college for everybody, you know, because rich kids, they shouldn't be able to get free college. So his plan is, I'm going to give free college at public universities, but I'm going to cut it off. And I'm going to say that, you know, if the family income is over, I think his number is like 150,000 bucks. If that, if the family income is over that, you don't get free college, but otherwise you do get free college. And my, my plan will only cost the taxpayers 500 billion. Why should we be paying for college educations for wealthier kids' families. Our number is 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I want to challenge the basic premise of all this, which is, do we, as a society, do we as taxpayers, have an obligation to provide free college to kids, regardless of, of the income? I mean, right now you have grant programs, you have loan programs, you have scholarship programs, but is it an absolute right to go to college on the taxpayer's dime? You have a right to go to elementary school, you have a right to go to secondary school, but should we, just as a matter of policy, say to anybody, all right, here's what happens. You've graduated from high school. You want to go to a public college or a public university two or four years. We're going to pick up the tab for you. 414-799-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And as you think about this, think about the questions of what, what, what about the kid that decides, okay, well, I'm not quite ready to go into the workforce, so here, here's what I want to do. I want to go to college. I want to hang out for a couple years. What about the kid that, that doesn't graduate? What about the kid that flunks out or drops out after a year and a half? I mean, does he owe or she owe the taxpayers the money back? What if they decide to pick a, a discipline at the university? They get a degree, and that degree has nothing at all to do with with any job they get. What if they pick a, a degree that no offense to, for example, English majors? Don't mean to pick them out, but you know, you get a degree, you got an English major, and you know, you, you don't want to be a teacher or whatever. There's no market for that, and you can't get a job. I mean, if, if we're going to pay for free college, do we have a right to say, okay, you're going to have to study to be a nurse, or you're going to have to study study to be a computer programmer or something. 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line.
mind, should we be providing free college to anybody who wants? We discuss in just a moment. 414-799-1620. This is Jeff Wagner. We're broadcasting live from VMP Healthcare and Community Living. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 414-799-1620. All right, before we go to the phones, here's some texts. Uh, Jeff, do you get free college if you're in your 50s or 60s, or is it just for new high school graduates? Well, I, I, you know, why should it just be for new high school graduates? Um, all right, Jeff, my son will be a freshman at UW-Milwaukee next year for business on a partial scholarship. My question is, will be, what are these free degrees going to be worth? It's getting the point that a normal BA degree is equivalent to a high school degree. Free is never free. All this will do is devalue the higher education system. Um, Jeff, we don't owe free college to anyone. But if it comes down to this, I, I hope they limit it to junior colleges, at least for the first two years. It was good enough for my three kids. We paid out of pocket to help keep um, costs down. Um, Jeff, my parents didn't qualify for any tuition assistance for me, but I paid for my college all by myself by working, so I didn't have any college debt. Not all families who are well-to-do pay for their kids' college. 414-799-1620. Let's start with Jim in Hales Corners. Jim, you're on WTMJ. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Hi, Jim. Uh, my son, 10 years ago, was all set to go to Oshkosh. We had him all set up, and we were going to pay for a good part of it. And he said, you know what? I don't think I'm really ready. And uh, he worked for uh, about nine years uh, doing odd jobs and uh, trucking and things like that. And last year he came to us and said, you know what? I'm going in the Army so that I can get college paid for. And now he's in the mm-hmm. Army, and he's working his tail off. And he's also going to school online. If people are going to offer this, I think they should have some type of program where they give back to the country, whether it's in the military or it's something like the Peace Corps or VISTA, etc. Well, well, right. See, yeah, like 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 a version, like a GI Bill. You know, like like right. the, the GI Bill that you know exactly. uh, allows people in the military to to go, and, and the government you know pays for something after you've provided that service, as opposed to just oh, you, you've got some, you've got some. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Welcome back. That's the joys of live radio. Um, we are on the road. Cap goes kids to kids Christmas toy drive. VMP healthcare and community living. Our number four one four seven nine nine one six twenty, which is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let me reset just quickly. Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren want to spend somewhere in the neighborhood of $1.25 trillion over the next 10 years, free college for anyone. Two years, four years, regardless of family income, it would be just like you have a right to have the taxpayers provide you a high school education. You would have the right to have the taxpayers provide you with two or four years of college. Don't have to graduate. You know, I don't have to pick a discipline that's going to lead to a job. You just get that. Pete Buttigieg, the mayor of South Bend, he says, well, I'm in favor of free college, but I don't think we should be giving it to wealthy people. Um, so if your family income is over 150000 I think you should have to pay for college. But otherwise, it's okay with me. My plan is only going to cost $500 billion. Tim in Hartford. Tim, you're on WTMJ. 
Thank you very much for taking my call. Well, you have Mayor Hi, Tim. Tim. This is Mayor Tim, because I have to be the mayor of the city of Hartford, also a Washington okay. County supervisor, and it makes my head explode when I hear people trying to give away hundreds of billions of dollars. Uh, I'm a veteran. I have four of my kids who are serving right now in either the Army National Guard or the Army Reserves, and that's how they're paying for their college. That's the way you do it. For those who don't want to necessarily serve, you have things like AmeriCorps, and I know one of your previous callers brought that up, too. It is absolutely ridiculous that they use the word free. Nothing is free. And at $150,000, when you think about it, if you've got two or three or even four kids going to school simultaneously, there is no way in God's green earth $150,000 is going to be able to finance it unless you live in a hut. <laughs> right, right. Well, no. It, well, see exactly. And look, there, there. I, I think if you want to talk about how do we make college educations more affordable for people, I'm all in. Let, let's let's have this discussion. Let's figure out why it costs so much money, and let's figure if we can make it affordable. But this idea that we're going to somehow treat this as as a birthright, and that everybody who wants this gets it at the expense of everybody else, to me, that just makes no sense. I, I like what you're talking about. Right, you go into the military, you provide some degree of service, you get that. I'm all I'm down with that, but just yes. everybody who wants it, sorry, I'm not on board. We're singing out of the same yeah. hymnal. Thanks uh, thanks for the topic. <laughs> thanks a lot, Tim. Appreciate, appreciate it. 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage uh, talk and text line. And again, I look, I I appreciate the issues with student debt. All right, and I think that there's larger issues that are here. I, I've argued this before. Last night at our, um, last night at the uh, the event, the the radio show, I, I ran into my friend Dan Callies from Oak Creek Plumbing, and we we always have this conversation about how you know difficult it is to find young people who want to go into the trades. I mean, er- everybody wants to be a computer programmer. Everybody you know wants to you know be able to sit on, on their butts and look at a computer screen or things like that. Well, the truth of the matter is, you, you need people who go in into the trades and right now you know there's all sorts of I, I, you know there's all sorts of vocations where businesses that with through apprenticeships or whatever I mean they, they'll pay if they can get people that want to, to do it and and that's quite candidly where some people's aptitude is not everybody is good at everything but this idea that here we're just we're not going to expect you to do anything we're not going to expect you to graduate we're not going to bounce you out if you're failing here we're just going to pay for it so you can go you know pursue four years of higher education that you may never be able to use at all to me i, I just don't buy it 414-799-1620 mark in kenosha mark you're on wtmj good afternoon hey Thanks for having me on the show. Hi, Mark. You know, I got to say, it's absolutely absurd that someone should expect or say that the the good way to pay for college is to then have to enlist in the military. Nothing against the service, but the fact that you'd have to risk your life to be able to afford college doesn't really make sense to me. But I will say this. We could definitely compromise on it. And instead of just saying we just pay for your college flat out whatsoever, why not set it up so that it's a program where your college will be paid for, but it's going to be for a program that is uh, needing uh, trained or skilled laborers, and it's something that you got to qualify for because, let's just point it out, not everybody's cut out to be a lawyer. Not everybody's cut no. out to be a plumber. It, it would make sense if you were getting an education that you were sure to have use for through coordination, through a, a job fair or something like that, where they say, we'll pay for your college, 
if you are then going to go into this field. Okay, well, let me ask you this. You, you, you didn't like the idea of people having to go into the military, but what if it was a deal like... I didn't say that at all. You, didn't say, you, didn't think you, should, you, did, you said you didn't think you should have to go into the military to get the government to pay for your education, right? Correct, correct. I okay. feel that right, if but, you want to do that, that's great, but the people right. that say, oh, well, if you want to pay for college, just join the military, that's not how you okay. should be looking at it. Okay, well, how, how about what if you had this program that said, all right, if, if you want to go to college, you know, we want a, if you want us to pay for it, we want a commitment from you that you're going to, you're going to be a teacher. Let's say you're going to be a teacher and you're going to have to be willing to, I don't know, go where we assign you for five years or whatever to, to teach. Would something like that be a, a good idea? I think that that would be a much better plan, and you could even add other stipulations or requirements on it, maybe have some type of aptitude test for the people that are, are looking for the assistance with that program. But I think that if we, can, if we can pay as a society for roads, for fire department, for police department, uh, for libraries, for things like that, we already take care of education up through 12th grade, but in order to be competitive on a global scale, we are falling behind in education compared to other global leaders. We need to do something that's going to get our population as skilled as, as other countries, or we're just going to get left behind. See, Mark, thanks for the call. And, and, and by the way, I, I don't agree, disagree with a lot of what you're, you're saying. I, I just think you need to channel it appropriately. And casting this wide net and saying anybody who wants to go to school for anything, all right, we're, we're now going to have the taxpayers pick up the tab. I, I, don't, I don't buy that. If, again, you want to target industries, if you want to say, hey, you know, we need more people in healthcare, so we're going to develop these programs where it's not going to be free tuition, but, you know, we, we have a need for nurses, so we're going to underwrite nursing school costs, and, and here's the deal, and if you go, the commitment is you got to graduate, you got to graduate with like a B average, or else we're going to bounce you out of the program, and then you've got to make a commitment that you're going to work in this field for X number of years, or we reserve the right to go back and try to get what we, the taxpayers, you know, paid for your education, get it back from you. If you want to talk about something like that, and, and again, you've got to figure out the dynamics. How is it going to work? But I'm okay. I'm willing to have that conversation. But just this idea that we're going to take $1.25 trillion and put it towards, quote, unquote, free college education for anybody who wants it, especially regardless of ability to pay, I think is nuts. And I think it's it's a complete and total, number one, it's bad policy. And number two, I hope it's a non-starter, although I understand it has this appeal, something for nothing. There is no free lunch and there is no free college. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Welcome back. Once again, we're broadcasting live from VMP Healthcare and Community Living in West Dallas. Just had uh, 50 plus kids from Horace Mann Elementary School stop off. They're all bringing toys, dropped them off. We're in a circular drive in front of VMP Healthcare and Community Living, and cars just keep pulling up, and we've got all these volunteers that are there that are collecting the toys. Huge, huge event, all part of our Capco's Kids to Kids Christmas toy drive. We're going to be broadcasting here until 6.30 this evening, so stop on out and check it out. We're glad to, glad to have you with us. All right. 
this is an interesting story because it raises some of these kind of larger issues that I absolutely love to talk about. Right, there are there, there's two particular towns in North Carolina. Now, why do we care about towns in North Carolina? Well, because it raises some of these larger issues. The towns have Christmas parades. Yes, they have Christmas parades. And there's groups because they're put on they're put on by the by the towns. So they have these Christmas parades and groups are not restricted from being able to to have floats in these particular parades. In Two of the towns, one is is Wake Forest, North Carolina, another is Garner, North Carolina, which is kind of by Raleigh. Here's the deal. They have, and for years, one of the, the groups, one of the organizations in the town that has sponsored a float in the Christmas parade are groups, and the one I'm looking at, it's called the Sons of Confederate Veterans. So this is a it's a group and they have these they have these groups um, in a lot of towns in in the south. And and what they are is they're made up of people whose ancestors fought in the Civil War on the side of the south. And, you know, apparently, like in the one I'm looking at, Garner, which is, again, outside of Raleigh, the Garner Christmas Parade, the Sons of Confederate Veterans have had a float in the parade for years and years and years. So this is not a new thing. I'm looking at a picture of the float. And in the on the float, what they do is it's decked out for Christmas, kind of Christmassy. But the people that, that are riding on it are dressed in Civil War uniforms on the South, from the South's perspective. And there is the Confederate flag, in addition to the you know all the other typical sort of Christmas stuff. And, and they've, they've done this, like I say, for years. And they're one of, like, 32 floats that participate in the parade. Under the law, since it is a public parade, they're entitled to do it. There's no basis for telling them they can't simply because some people might not like the fact that, hey, you know, these are they've got a Confederate flag and these are the sons and daughters of the Confederacy. All right. So what's happened this year in Wake Forest and in the smaller town, Garner, is the authorities have decided that rather than, since they're not legally allowed to exclude this group, what they've decided to do is they've decided to cancel the Christmas parades in their entirety. The police department has said, well, you know, we've heard, in both these cases, we've we've heard some rumblings that there might be protesters that show up if these groups are in the Christmas parade. We've heard rumblings that there might be violence, even though we've never had this in the past. So because we can't exclude the groups legally, we're going to cancel the Christmas parade. Our number is 414-799-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right. Should groups like this, and again, the context is this is the South. These are groups who, again, it's it, they're open to people whose ancestors fought on the side of the South, you know, in the Civil War. So th- these are legitimate groups that are out there. Should groups like this be allowed to participate in public activities like a Christmas parade. And when they do, all right, when they do, 
Should they, the option be, well, if you're going to participate, we're going to have to cancel the parade. 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. To me... With all due respect to law enforcement, this is an absolutely ridiculous way to handle this situation. Bottom line is, this isn't a hate group. It's not, this is not like it's the Ku Klux Klan. I mean, this is, these are recognized groups that are out there. I understand some people might find them to be controversial, but it seems to me if they've got a right to do it, what happens is they should be allowed to do it, and the police department should say, okay, if we've got protesters or we've got agitators and we've got troublemakers that show up all right what we're going to do is we're going to arrest them we're not going to cancel the parade 414-799-1620 that's the accurate mortgage talk and text line just because somebody might not like this group i don't think that they should have the veto power essentially on either the group or on this event these parades which have been going on for years and years with by the way the group's participation 414-799-1620 that's the Acunet mortgage talk and text line we discuss in just a moment if you're on the line please hold on this is jeff wagner jeff wagner on wtmj Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. Jeff, the Confederates were traitors and shouldn't be celebrated. If this group had the right attitude about their legacy, they'd voluntarily allow the parade to go on without them. Well, I, I guess I, I think this particular group, and again, it's it's a different perspective, but we're talking about in the heart of the Confederacy. This particular group is designed to honor ancestors who participated in the Civil War. They're not at this point in two thousand eighteen or nineteen talking about the overthrow of the government and it's not a group like the Ku Klux Klan nobody's saying I think realistically that this is a hate group I think that they should have the right to participate matter of fact legally they do you can't you can't exclude people from public events simply because you don't like their ideas or you don't like what they represent at that point in time if we ever get to that stage what's going to end up happening is then you're not going to have any public discourse of ideas and to say to i don't know this particular group that we're not going to allow you to participate i think that would be wrong to say though that we are going to exclude you now because gee we're afraid some people might show up and protest i i think that that's i think that that's just as wrong Period. All right, let's switch gears. 414-799-1620 is our number. The NBA season is underway. And I, I think, you know, some people love college basketball. Some people love professional basketball. Some people can take or leave basketball. Uh, this year is a special season in Milwaukee. The Milwaukee Bucks have, I believe, the best record in the NBA at this point in time. They're on this, you know, incredible winning streak. They've got arguably the in Giannis the best player in the NBA, and interest in Bucks games is incredibly high. Right, so that's that's on the one hand. However, nationally, if you look at TV ratings, interest in the NBA is down. TV ratings for the NBA are down. Matter of fact, they're actually down dramatically 
this year over last year. Now, there's there's a couple reasons that people are saying that this might be the case. First of all, they're saying that um, you know this year that the Golden State Warriors, who were the superstar team that attracted a lot of attention, they're they're not very good this year, and a number of their players are either gone or they're hurt. They're saying that arguably, besides Giannis, the two best players in the NBA right now, LeBron James um, and uh, Kawhi Leonard, they play in Los Angeles, one for the Clippers, one for the Lakers. And that means that, you know, all their home games start late. So for people in the Midwest or on the East Coast, if you would be interested in sitting down and watching the game, well, the, the games don't tip off till you know, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. So there's a lot of people that are in bed by that particular time. All right, so that's one of the arguments that's there. Some people are saying, hey, there, there's cord cutting that's going on. A lot of the games are on cable TV, and there's fewer people now that are watching cable TV, so they don't have access to this but the reality is that what you're seeing is a lot of this is is down you're seeing that the viewership is down you're seeing that people at least in the conventional sort of tv stuff they're not watching it as much all right 414-799-1620 that is the accurate mortgage talk and text line what's going on here is this is are people less interested in the nba is there a dynamic that's going on now that maybe people don't fully appreciate as far as the way people take in sports? 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. See, the thing, up until recently, one of the reasons why advertisers flocked to sporting events on television was because you can't time shift or people don't time shift by that i mean look you can let's say you want to watch your fa- your favorite show airs at eight o'clock on a friday night all right well you you want to be out on friday night well nowadays it's no big deal nowadays with dvr you record the show you watch it at your leisure and you can skip through the commercials Right? Well, sporting events aren't like that as a general rule. Yes, you can record the Packers game. Yes, you can record the Bucks game. But that's not how most people do it. Most people find out the results. You, you want to you wanna watch the Packers game as it's going on. You don't want to say, okay, the Packers played on Sunday. I'll watch it on Tuesday. That might not be a big deal with a TV show, but it is with a live sporting event. Well, one of the things that's happening now is that fewer and fewer people are watching the live sporting events. Now, don't get me wrong. A lot of people still do. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, fewer people than before. Does the NBA have a problem? 414-799-1620. Let's start with Will in West Bend. Will, you're first. Good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon, Jeff. Um, two things. Yeah, it does have a lot to do with cord cutting um, because I, I, millions of people are still watching TV, but it has more to do, I think, with the football season. Once the football season ends is when the NBA uh, ratings shoot up. Yeah, yeah. I guess, I mean, some of these numbers, though, are are comparing, like, year to year. So they are kind of apples to apples, like the first two months of the NBA season last year to the first two months of of this year. Do you think people are as interested in watching live sports as they were, say, five years ago? Not basketball. (laughs) 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 It's just the sad reality of the sport is that it's been declining forever. 
Well, except, you know, they'll, they'll tell you worldwide, though, basketball is more popular than ever, which is one of the reasons why the NBA is going through, you know, went through all the hoops it went through, you know, with the thing with China last, uh, you know, at the beginning of the season. Hey, thanks for the call, Will. I appreciate it. Let me tell you what I think. Let me tell you what I think is going on, which is really going to change as time goes on the way that, that we we watch particularly athletic events on on television in particular I, I think there is a ger- generational thing that is going on and and it's it's with younger people maybe it's with and this you know this isn't an okay boomer type of thing it's just what I think is a reality that's out there people of, of my generation for example we're interested in sitting down and watching the event from beginning to end. I want to be where I'm going to be for the Packers kickoff at noon, and then, you know, assuming it's not a complete and total blowout or a loser of a game, I'm going to watch the whole game in its entirety. I think more and more with the advent of, you know, with the advent of smartphones, with the advent of, of streaming, with the advent of things like Twitter and Facebook, I think more and more, particularly more and more young people, the way they're getting their events, there's still an interest, but it's not necessarily in watching the entire thing. It's like, all right, we want to see the highlights. Yeah, we, we want to know, you know, what's the score of the Bucks game at halftime, okay? But we don't necessarily want to spend, you know, an hour watching the first half. Here, right here on Twitter, we've got the highlights. You know, we can see the three superstar dunks by Giannis, or we can see the great play by LeBron James or whatever. And, and yeah, we're going to get that on our news feed, and we're going to be able to perceive that in about, oh, you know, within 30 seconds, we can see some of the highlight plays, and then we we know, all right, the Bucks are ahead by 12 points at halftime or whatever. I think that more and more people are, are still, I think they're still interested in the sport, whatever that sport might be, but it's not necessarily, gee, we have to watch the whole thing from beginning until end. What we're going to do is we, we want, give us the highlight moments. You know, give us the Reader's Digest version of this. Show us a couple of the spectacular plays. Oh, somebody got tossed out where there was a fight, whatever. Show us that, and we're going to be able to watch it on our smartphone. We don't need to invest you know, an hour or two hours or two and a half hours or three hours or whatever it's going to be, just show us the highlights. And I think that's something, just getting beyond basketball, I think that's something that's really an issue for baseball. I'm a huge baseball fan, right? But, I mean, I appreciate that the game can be slow. And if you're not a hardcore fan who appreciates the beauty of pitch-by-pitch and watching how the players move and stuff, you care. What do you care about? You care about did the Brewers win or not? And in the space of like thirty seconds, you can you know have the highlight reel. Yeah, the Brewers won. The score was five to two. Here are the big plays. Here's the key thing. And look at the great catch that Lorenzo Cain made in center field to save the game. Boom! You can see that in thirty seconds. You don't need to commit three hours. And I think more and more people, particularly younger people, who the advertisers are really geared at, I think more and more of them are, they're still as interested, but they're getting their information in perhaps, uh, again, a, a different way, a more condensed fashion as we multitask and we, you know, use the internet and all these, and in all its glory. So, I mean, this is a concern that the NBA has. It's one of the reasons why, for example, they are so heck-bent on trying to expand worldwide because they want to continue to grow the overall audience, recognizing that maybe the way we, we take in the information is a little bit different.
different. As for me, I don't know. There's nothing better than listening to Ted Davis call a Bucks game on WTMJ. Back with more in just a moment. This is Jeff Wagner. And this is Jeff Wagner. We're broadcasting live from VMP Healthcare and Community Living. This is our WTMJ Capco's Kids to Kids Christmas Toy Drive. We're at the Village at Manor Park once again, and lots of people pulling in, dropping off toys, making cash donations. We very much appreciate it. Uh, last year, over 26,000 toys. This is the 14th year of this event. It gets bigger and better every year, and we're so pleased to have you help us out, and we're so pleased to be a part of this. All right, there's an interesting story in the Journal Sentinel. A group of, here's the headline, group of Wauwatosa West students are planning a walkout in response to recent school shootings and threats. And it's kind of this puff piece showing a group of students who are organizing a walkout on school, walkout of school on December 13th to protest gun violence in schools. Okay, in the wake of multiple incidents in Wisconsin schools during this week. So they're, they're, they want to protest gun violence in schools. Now, of course, the, the incidents this week, one involved a kid with a pellet gun, and one involved a kid with what they're describing as a sharp-edged object. So, um, you know, so it, it's really, it, the second case wasn't a gun, and the first one was a, a pellet gun. But it... That's not to minimize that, I guess, but I, I go through, and it's uh, one of the things that the kid, one of the kids is quoted as saying, we're fed up, we're done with the inaction. You know, we're, we, we think schools need to be safer, okay? We're trying to push the conversation to a state and possible federal level. Okay, th- this is all well and good, and I applaud young people getting out and participating in the process, but my, my question reading the story to, to all these young people would be, tell me exactly what you're protesting. Okay, you're, you're protesting, you think schools should be safer. All right, I, I'm down with that. I, I think we all agree that, you know, schools should be safe. But what, what is your solution? You know, when, doesn't it seem see, like protests to me? And I grew up in the era of the 60s and 70s, and, and you had people who were protesting the Vietnam War. They wanted to end the Vietnam War. All right, I, I understand. That was the purpose of what the protest was. Or you have a protest saying, hey, taxes are too high. We want to lower the tax rate. Or we think that, you know, we need this piece of legislation that's passed. Here, we're going to protest. For the life of me, I don't know what these Wauwatosa West students want in their protest they, they want they want safer schools well okay we all want safer schools but what what is the idea behind this now i mean is it gee we want to i don't know well, firearms are already banned in schools is it we want to confiscate guns is that what we want do we want more police officers in the schools do we want more metal detectors in the schools do we want more kids tossed out of school if they show you know um aberrant behavior. I mean, I don't know. But wouldn't it be interesting when you have these people saying, okay, we're going to walk out because, you know, we want safer schools to say, well, okay, what is this really all about? What are you trying to accomplish with your walkout? Everybody wants safer schools. What's your idea behind that? But I guess nowadays, all you got to do is walk out. You don't have to have ideas. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. 
And we are on the road. It's the Kids to Kids Christmas Toy Drive, sponsored by Capco. Today's toy collection stop is VMP Healthcare and Community Living. We are in West Dallas, Winter Wonderland going on now. They just I'm looking at this toy meter right across the street, and I'm looking at all these great toys that people have dropped off. Um, as of just about nine minutes ago, 875 toys collected just at this event. So um, we'll be here till 6.30 this evening, stop by all sorts of activities that are going on. All right. The book, A Tale of Two Cities, one of my very favorite books. It has one of the most famous opening lines in 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 literature. It's um, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. You can make an argument that that opening line is very, very appropriate for what's going on now. Now, the big story out of Washington this week, of course, has been that Nancy Pelosi, who's the Speaker of the House, has directed some of her members to go ahead and draft articles of impeachment designed at starting the process which, if completed, would remove President Trump from office. Now, as many of you know who are regular listeners, I'm kind of bored with the whole impeachment discussion because it's not going to happen. Yes, yes, he will be impeached on a party-line vote. There will be multiple articles of impeachment that are returned. The matter will go to the Senate, and he will not be removed from office. So this entire thing is an exercise in futility on the one hand if the result is to remove the president because it's not going to happen. What's going on here is the Democrats have made a calculated decision that they think but by playing the impeachment process out in this fashion, what it will do is it will be sort of like a a two-month-long anti-Trump campaign commercial that plays out on the nightly news. Maybe that'll work, maybe that won't. But if you look at and listen to some of the comments here, this is the worst of times. This is terrible. We've never had a more crooked and corrupt president he's venal that the country is going to you know where in a handbasket okay that's the one perspective you get and then there's today right now the dow jones industrial average is up 30 331 points it's up 1.2 percent today um it's over 28,000. the nasdaq which is kind of the tech heavy sector that's up um 84 points, which is almost 1%. S&P 500 is up 29 points. That's almost 1% as well. It is a huge day on the stock market. Why is it a huge day? Because we, we got a November jobs report this morning. Now, economists thought that there would be 187,000 jobs created in November, which is kind of like flat from last November. Well, the number didn't come in at 187,000. It didn't come in at 200,000. It didn't come in at 250,000. Non-farm payrolls surged to two by went up by 266,000. 266,000 new jobs. The unemployment rate ticked down to 3.5%. It was 3.6% um last month. This this is the last time the unemployment rate was 3.5% was January of this year. And the last time before January of this year that it was that low, you have to go back to 1969. So I mean, here, here's just the numbers. You have fewer people unemployed, at least according to those numbers, than at any time since 1969. You've got uh, the number of, of jobs which are surging. Our, I'm looking at this report right now. 
average hourly earnings rose last November to this November, they rose by 3.1%, which is above the uh, rate of inflation. So you've got record low unemployment, you've got huge wage growth, and you have jobs being created at staggeringly large numbers. I mean, it's kind of surprised everybody. And that's that's again the reason why the stock market has gone through the roof today because it's a sign that the economy is in fact growing now again if you focus on the impeachment stuff it oh this my god this is the worst thing it's, it's just terrible you know the, the world is coming to an end but yet if you look at the economy all right thing, things are going great guns our number is 414-799-1620 that's the Accident mortgage talk and text line does president trump get credit for this Right? We, we, don't, we, we obsess about impeachment. We talk about all this type of stuff. Here is my question. All right, looking at these numbers today, looking at the job growth, looking at what's going on in the economy, looking probably at your 401K over the last year or two, all right, does President Trump get any credit for this at all? And should that make a difference? 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We discuss in just a moment. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 414-799-1620. The stock market up big today. And the reason it's up big today is because the November jobless numbers came in, and, and they're very, very good. Unemployment you, you got to go back to 1969 to have an unemployment level nationally at the point it's at now, 3.5%, which is why so many employers, they're, they're having trouble finding people to, to do jobs. On top of that, in November, 266,000 jobs created. The wage growth over 3.1% from last year to this year. No matter how you slice it, these are incredibly strong numbers. Now, if you follow national media coverage, Coverage of the impeachment stuff, you would think that that's, oh my gosh, this country's going to you know where in a handbasket. Does President Trump get credit for these results and these numbers? And should he get credit for the economic success that we're seeing right now? 414 799 1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's go to a couple texts. Jeff, only a complete idiot would think that the president needs gets, should get no credit for the state of the economy. Well, I would agree with that. Jeff, he should be getting credit for the economy. On the other hand, you know, what about the growing deficit and our foreign policy is in shambles and more? Well, I don't know if you believe Bill Clinton, though. It's the economy stupid and, you know, the economy going great guns. Jeff, I think that we're going to know if he'll get credit by next November. Well, that's ultimately the thing. And that's what's going to be so interesting, I think, moving forward when we decide... What is going to be important in the election? And by the way, a lot can happen between now and next November. I mean, a lot can happen. You can have some, I don't know, catastrophic event that causes the economy to crater. And you can see maybe, you know, next September, you're talking about numbers which aren't anywhere near as rosy as this. But the truth of the matter is, right now, these numbers are pretty darn good, and they're they're overwhelmingly good. Um, Jeff, President Trump will get no credit. People will claim he rode Obama's coattails. Well, no, people can claim that, but I don't know that anybody's going to necessarily buy that. 
look, I don't know right now if Donald Trump is going to get reelected in November, but I do know that the one thing he's got going for him, at least the biggest thing that he's got going for him, is the fact that we are in a boom time when it comes to the economy. And typically, people end up voting their pocketbooks. Now, not always, but generally speaking, if people, if you're making money, if you feel secure about your job, generally speaking, you're, you're less likely to want to change horses in midstream. And the truth of the matter is, on top of that, when you look at some of the people that are being touted as the nominees to run against Trump, all right, an Elizabeth Warren, a Bernie Sanders, people who want to completely and totally upend the way that this country operates. All right, that's a tough I think it's a tough sell anytime, but I think it's an especially tough sell when you're looking at, again, economic numbers like this. So I, we, we can argue about impeachment. We can argue about foreign policy. We can argue about NATO. And all these are very valid concerns. But at the end of the day, historically, voters vote in their own self-interest. Their self-interest being, gee, am I secure in my job? Is the stock market going up? Am I making money? Am I secure in my position? If I lose my job, do I have options to go find another job? And by any stretch of the imagination, right now, economically, this country is doing very, very well. Back with more in just a moment. This is Jeff Wagner. Once again, it's the Capco Kids to Kids Christmas Toy Drive. Today we're broadcasting live from VMP Healthcare and Community Living in West Allis. Back for more, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. So, very glad to have you with us. Once again, we're at uh, Capco's Kids to Kids Christmas Toy Drive, VMP Healthcare and Community Living, another bus load of students just kind of pulled up there all sorts of activities going on and the festivities continue we're going to be here till 6 30 this evening that is of course the royal we i'm here for another 30 minutes or so and then we'll have wisconsin's afternoon news with uh, john mccure and melissa barkley they will be in as well hey there's an interesting story in the milwaukee business journal that it, it's it's not a surprise to anybody who's been following following the media over the last few years the um one of the most fascinating things i've I've been doing radio show in this market fuller part-time for going on 25 years and one of the most interesting things in the way the media has changed is what's happened to the newspaper industry it's it's no secret that newspapers just have at this point in time and i'm talking about the traditional newspapers you know that they print and they deliver to your home or you pick up at a newsstand that the newspaper industry has not as of this point figured out how to deal with the phenomena that is the in, that is the internet you know newspapers always used to generate money through you know the sale of the newspapers and then through classified advertising and then through print advertising well what's happened of course is the classified advertising is almost completely and totally gone away that's just that you know the the idea of picking up a sunday paper and there used to be like three huge sections of classified ads that that does not exist What's happened is more and more younger people, they want the news, and, and, and maybe they're taking stuff in online. But, I mean, do you really know anybody under the age of, like, 35, 
40 who, who actually sits down and reads a newspaper nowadays cover to cover, it, in, unless you're sitting waiting for an oil change or something like that. It's just, it's just not what happens. Now, people will go onto the Internet. They want the news. They want the information. But they don't want to buy the newspaper. And given that reality, so fewer and fewer people are getting the newspaper, that means that there's... It's more more difficult to sell print advertising. It all becomes this vicious cycle, right? and that's just the reality. And I, I don't even want to get into you know the newspapers because of the political bent and stuff that they make themselves irrelevant. It, it's just kind of the reality that's out there. So the newspaper industry going through lots and lots of consolidation. Um, you have big companies taking over bigger companies, fewer. Fewer different companies that are out there, more standardized stuff. And you're certainly seeing that in Milwaukee, where you know, the journal Sentinel ended up being taken over by Gannett, which is a big newspaper company. Now Gannett has been taken over by an even bigger newspaper company. And given the fact that these companies want to make money, there's nothing wrong with that, and given the fact that they still aren't very good at figuring out how you can make money with the traditional newspaper model. Because like I say, people still want the information, but so far, you know, y- you can get a subscription reading the thing online for, you know, a couple bucks a month as opposed to, you know, spending $400 for a subscription to the actual hard copy of the newspaper. So in order to to generate, so if you can't bring in new revenue through new customers and stuff and you still want to make money, the only alternative that you have is to cut. And, and that's been going on. It's been going on locally. It's been going on statewide. And it's been going on nationally. And you see cuts all over. And you see newsrooms that are shrinking and getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And that's the latest thing that's happening at the Journal Sentinel. And again, this is kind of in, in the wake of the the takeover of Gannett by this, this new media investment group. And the latest announcements are some, some long-time Long-time reporters um, or, or editors are going to be gone, most notably uh, columnist Jim Stingle. And what they do is they offer, they come in and they offer buyouts to people. And they say, all right, here's the deal. If you're willing to leave and retire, what we'll do is we'll give you this. I don't know what the details of the last buyout is, but the report is that um, Paul Goris, who is a business reporter for a long time, Jim Stingle, who is probably their their last big-name columnist, and he's been Jim's been writing a column for years and years and years. Um, he's decided to take the buyout, so he is going to be leaving the, the newspaper in the very near future. In Jim's case, he's 65 years old, so he's kind of closer to retirement. You know, we've, we haven't always agreed on issues. His view of politics is much different than mine. But nevertheless, he was kind of an institution at the paper, and I would say the, the last the last big columnist that they had left at the paper and now you know he's going to be going more and more people in the newsroom are are leaving and again as somebody who has had issues with the choice of coverage and the way issues has been covered over the years at the newspaper I, I still I take no pleasure in seeing local newspapers either going away or becoming a shell of their former selves because you know candidly we we all 
the more we know about stuff, the more different sources for information we have, the, the better informed we're all going to be. And so Jim Stingle, who, again, was an institution there, he is going to be leaving in the near future together with a number of other reporters. It's just the latest development in the decline of the overall print industry. All right, when we come back, Pop Culture Corner, one of the callers today, by the way, is going to get a $25 gift certificate to go hit golf balls at sticks on their simulator. So stick around. That's all coming up. It's time now for Jeff Wagner's Pop Culture Corner. Put aside the heavy lifting and call the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line at 414-799-1620 to get on the show. And now, here is Jeff Wagner. Welcome back. Again, we're on the road, part of Capco's Kids to Kids Christmas Toy Drive. We're at VMP Healthcare and Community Living. Stop by. The toys keep coming in. It is that time of the week. Like the voice guy says, we put aside the heavy lifting. We talk about fun stuff. Sometimes it's movies. Sometimes it's books. Sometimes it's food. Sometimes it's travel. Sometimes it's sports. All right, today. And I have been doing a lot of driving lately for just a variety of reasons. Over over Thanksgiving, it's not that we went out of town, but it seems like I was driving all over the area pretty much every day. When I am in my car, I listen to WTMJ a lot. But I want to be honest, there are times when, okay, I'm just decompressing, and I'm, I, I've got the satellite radio on, I'm listening to tunes. Maybe it's Radio Margaritaville. Maybe it's tunes from the, the 70s. I've got all these different channels that I end up listening to. It is the music of of my lifetime i if you can't tell this one of the reasons i love working in radio even though i work in spoken word radio is that i i just i love the power of radio i love the whole idea of, of how the things that we hear affect us and that's one of the reasons that i think music is so powerful so over the last I don't know, a week or so as I've been driving to all these different places and stuff. I, I, I'm listening to all this music, and there, there's so many songs that, that come on and you hear it, and the, the song just takes you back to a particular time, place in your life. And, and you go, wow, it, it's like, my, my gosh, I, I've heard this song, Brandy, by Looking Glass. You know, Brandy, you're a fine girl, etc. That That's one of these things. Whenever I hear that song, it takes me back to the summer of 1970, whatever, when that song came out. I remember, I was a kid, I remember every place, I remember where I was. It, it's, it's like a song of your lifetime. It's a song that impacts on you. And I thought for Pop Culture Corner today, since a lot of us are driving around, and we will be over the holidays and you're going to be listening to tunes i thought we'd do a fun one and we do it music related our number is 414-799-1620 that is the acunate mortgage talk and text line here is my question what is your song of a lifetime that particularly impactful song that when it comes on when you hear it you can't help but start to sing along or it just transports you back to that that time when when you first heard it maybe it's a song that you heard when you were in grade school maybe it's a song that you heard when you were in high school and you think man i remember that came out in the summer of whatever and i take it takes me back to the beach or whatever maybe it's the song that you were listening to i don't know when you were in college maybe it's the song you were listening to on your first job but you know it is that song that just when you hear it it's your song of a lifetime maybe it's your favorite song 
All right, that could be, but it could just be also that song that brings back the vivid, vivid memories. Our number, 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. There are no right or wrong answers, but, I mean, I've got several. My guess is you probably have several as well, but I need you to pick one. My ins- As I always say in these segments... Please call early because our phone lines tend to jam up. And secondly, you know, go with your first instinct. Sometimes people overthink the things. But, all right, when I say song of a lifetime, what's the song that comes to mind? All right, 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage talk and text line. Let me take a quick break. Let Gru give it to the opportunity to line up the calls. Then we'll be back. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. This is Jeff Wagner's Pop Culture Corner. Now back to Take Your Calls. Here's Jeff Wagner. So very glad to have you with us. 414-799-1620. My question is, okay, the song, the so- your song of a lifetime. Uh, let's start with Mary in Oconomowoc. Mary, you're on WTMJ. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Mary. I can. Okay. I can go ahead. Uh, my, favorite, my favorite song of all time, and it was back to sixth grade, watching my first boyfriend shoot hoops, which he wasn't very good at, at uh, local <laughs> Catholic school, was American Pie. Um, he was the first boy that ever walked me home and carried my book. They were still doing that then in, in the our early days, so it was, I'll never forget. American Pie, Don McLean, you know, could you, did, you, did you ever know all the words to the song? Yeah, right. oh, I'm sorry, we lost Mary. 414-799-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's talk to Dennis in Milwaukee. Dennis, you're on WTMJ. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? Hi, Dennis. I'm good. Okay, your song of a lifetime. Who will stop the rain? By CCR. Yeah. Back in the late Do you remember when you first heard it? Uh, well, I was just getting out of high school then and uh, on my way to Vietnam. So that song had dual meaning. Uh, it was about Woodstock and, and I think the bombs. So uh, Yeah, it, and it, you, you can't go wrong with a Creedence song. Hey, Dennis, let me ask you this. Are you a golfer? No, not really. I fooled uh, okay. around with it when I was young, and all I did was uh, just lose balls. <laughs> okay, <laughs> good enough. Okay, thanks, <laughs> thanks, Dennis. I appreciate. It. I, I love CCR. Caroline in Milwaukee. Caroline, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi, how are you? I am very well, thank you. Okay, your song of a lifetime. Sweet Caroline. <laughs> Be, because because you're the girl in that song. Don't tell me that. <laughs> I am. I am. Okay, I first heard it uh, in 19. Well, this goes back a while. 1962 when I first met. The guy that I uh, married, and uh, he he called me Caroline. My nickname is something else, but he but he knew me as Caroline, so that was our song. Outstanding, outstanding. Did the guy last for very long? Did he last? Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, did did this go on and become a great love affair or something? Oh yeah, yeah. We got married. We uh, we were married uh, fifty two years. And, uh, out, yeah. Well, that's. <laughs> That, that's outstanding. Thanks for the call. See, that's the idea. 414-799-1620. Ron in Brookfield. Ron, you're on WTMJ. Hey, Jeff. Uh, Hi, Ron. You make, you make my dreams come true by Hall & Oates. Oh, Hall & Oates. Okay, tell me why. What's the story of this? Uh, every Monday we played softball at Sherman Park. We went to the tavern of uh, our sponsor, 
and we would bang ashtrays until some broke, they were replaced, and we drew in crowds. The owner started calling people and said, you got to see these guys. They go crazy over the song, and he plays it. We were banging ashtrays to that song. We did it for years. <laughs> so it was a lot of fun. Outstanding. Thanks for the call. That's what we're looking for. Bruce in Menominee Falls. Bruce, you're on WTMJ. Vehicle by the Ides of March. Okay, tell me, what's the history of that? Well, 1973, my father at the time was in business with a couple other guys. They had a tavern. I used to clean the beer chutes, break the bottles, and stock the coolers, and I used to play that song regularly on the jukebox. And it was probably the only bar that I couldn't get served in at the time when I was 16 years old in Milwaukee. (laughs) (laughs) Understood. It brings back memories. Thanks for the call, Bruce. I appreciate it. Mike in Menominee Falls. Mike, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hey, Jeff. I think uh, there's a lot of people of of a certain age that uh, will recall the last day of school um, growing up. And School's Out by Alice Cooper brings back... Lots of vivid memories for me, and I've been a huge Alice Cooper fan ever since I heard that song for the first time. Well, you know, I don't, I don't admit this a lot, Mike, but I'm a huge Alice Cooper fan as well. Hey, I tell you what, I've got a $25 gift certificate to Sticks Golf in Germantown. How about I give that to you? That would be fantastic. Actually, I stopped Absolute. by there a while ago and saw it. It looked really interesting. It is. It is really interesting, and we've got this 12 Days of Sticks. i got a $25 gift certificate. You are the winner today. School's out, you know, for Alice Cooper. So what Gru is going to do is he's going to put you on hold and get your information. You might have to wait just a little bit because we've, we've got a lot of stuff going on. But you got a $25 gift certificate to Sticks, okay? Thanks, Jeff. Very Absolutely. Merry Christmas to you as well. By the way, we're going to be doing this one random caller every show between now and I think December 23rd. 414-799-1620. Let's talk to, um, let's see, Jim in Sheboygan. Jim, you're in WTMJ. My heart skips a beat. Buck Owens, right? Buck Owens, I saw many times. Uh, The first time at WBAY Auditorium in Green Bay, and then at the auditorium, which used to be next to the uh, Milwaukee Arena in uh, Milwaukee, and several times in Madison, downtown on State Street, and at the uh, at the Coliseum. Um, wow! Uh, great music, and I love it when I when I see him on the uh, replays of the Jimmy Dean Show on the RFD channel. Yeah, you know, you know, the interesting thing about Buck Owens is there's a whole generation of people who just kind of knew him from Hee Haw, you know, with what Roy Clark and and Buck Owens was such he was so much more than Hee Haw, I guess. You know, he was just a great musician and a lot of great tunes. Well, when his buddy well. Don Rich got killed on the motorcycle, that was the end of the great music. Uh, what you see on Hee Haw is nothing compared to what the Buckaroos were in their heyday with uh, Don Rich and Buck Owens uh, uh, together. Right. Right, you got to appreciate that older music. Thanks for the call, Jim. Let's talk to Anne in Fond du Lac. Anne, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Blinded by the light. Okay. One of my favorite songs, by the way. I love Blinded by the Light. It was a black light song every Friday night at the roller rink, and I still hear the roller skates rolling by whenever I hear that on the radio. Isn't that see? Isn't that the great thing about songs? Like you, you'll, you'll be driving along, and Lord knows how long it's been, but you just think, I God, I remember, I remember listening to that song ex- exactly like that. That's one. That's one of the really powerful things about music that's special. And thanks for call. Love blinded by, by the light as well. Dan in Port Washington. Dan, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. 
Good afternoon, Jeff. How are you? I am well, thank you. Okay, your song of a lifetime. Uh, I like the Wild Wild Life by uh, Talking Heads. <laughs> okay. And, uh, I don't know if you know that. It's got a great bass line. It just really booms the melodic, but... About 32 years ago, uh, the woman I was dating was in a graduate program at UW-Madison. Very select uh, people get in that program. And, uh, and I was a businessman at that time, too. And I so he said, well, this is for you and me. And so it kind of brings back that kind of memory. But if you listen to it, mm -hmm. it's really melodic bass lines in the song. Really incredible. Talking Heads have a lot. Of, no, Talking Heads have a lot of. Thanks for call. A lot of stuff like yeah. that. There, matter of fact, there's, there's Talking Heads songs that I'm going. Oh, I didn't realize it was Talking Heads, but then it is. Uh, yeah. Tom in Watertown. Tom, you're on WTMJ. Say Bob Tom in Watertown. Seger, Bob Seger and uh, Night Moves. Okay. Um, we, Tom, we're in. A, we're we're like the same guy because Night Moves is Night Moves is mine as well. It's a good song. I heard it when I was in Nicolay. My wife and I were camping in Nicolay Forest, and there was a motorcycle going through the woods. And I'll tell you, it just echoed through the woods until it started dying out, and it was just unique. Yeah, thanks for the call. I, you know, I, I know, I know exactly what you mean. Um, it, Night moves isn't necessarily my favorite song, okay? <laughs> but it's it's one of these songs that it just it, it evokes a particular time, and whenever. Just like the, the song by Looking Glass that I talked about, you know, Brandy, um, it just, whenever I hear Night Moves, it just immediately takes me back to, you know, summer nights in 1970-whatever. I remember exactly who I was with. I remember what we were doing. I remember my friends. It's just, it's one of these things that just, if, for me at least, it, it triggers all this stuff that evokes that particular time and place. Let's talk to, um, is it Marlis in, in Waukesha? Yes, it's Marlis. Marlis, okay. Hi, Marlis. Hi. I misunderstood and thought of Christmas song. And oh, that's okay. The that I think of is Silent Night because that was my mom's absolute favorite. And I could hear Mannheim Steam Rollers Silent Night any time of the year. And it's mom that I think of. Yeah, you know that's well that that no that that's actually you you didn't misunderstand you're you're right on point um, that that whole you know that's one of the things about this season and a lot of the tunes a lot of the songs whether they're secular or non secular and you, you got a song like Silent Night I think you can argue that Silent Night might be the most beautiful song ever written. Um, and and yeah, that's one of the things I, I love going to like services around the holidays and listen to the music because it, it does it takes me back to times when I was a kid and you'd be going to the Christmas Eve service with your parents and things like that. Um, so you think of your mom all the time, huh? Oh yes, especially the candlelight service on Christmas Eve. I could watch yeah. the tears coming down her cheeks. Oh, it that's it. Well, Merry favorite. Merry Christmas, Marlis. Thank you. You too. Absolutely. Uh, we, I'm, we're, we're kind of up against the clock. Got to turn it over to John and Melissa in just a moment. Uh, let's see. The, the text line. Oh, lots of them. I will survive. Never been to Spain. Mustang Sally. Moon River by Andy Williams. Um, let's see. Walk This Way by Aerosmith. 
Um, Higher Love, absolutely, all great ones, and a number of other ones as well. It's just, it's a great thing about music. There's just no question about it. It evokes particular times, and all right, this is one that you can talk about over the weekend, think about over the weekend. Yeah, what what was that one song, that, that, that kind of my song of a lifetime? It'll bring back good memories. I pretty much guarantee it. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to find out what John and Melissa have on their minds for Wisconsin's Afternoon News. Please stick around.